Hello everyone. Welcome to the Belmont Journal, Belmont's own local program for hyperlocal news and community affairs programming. I'm your host, Roger Colton. Now is the time for people to re-enroll in the 2019 Marketplace Health Insurance. The 2019 open enrollment period runs through December 15th. If you don't act by December 15th, you cannot get health insurance through this program unless you qualify for the special enrollment period. Plans sold during the open enrollment period begin on January 1, 2019. Welcome to This Week in the Belmont Citizen Herald. I have with me today Joanna Juvelis, who is the multimedia journalist for the Citizen Herald, Belmont's print and online source of news. Thanks for stopping over. Happy there, to be here. Uh, Belmont Savings Bank, a community institution, is being acquired by a bigger bank. That is the big news this week. People's United Bank is going to acquire Belmont Savings Bank for $327 million. And People's United is a Connecticut-based bank. It is Connecticut-based, that's right. And um, as you know, there, there are, there's a branch, a Belmont Savings Branch, and there's two in Belmont, one in Watertown. There's uh, branches in the Star Market in Waltham and Newton and Cambridge. So and all of those are going to become People's United. And those will all remain open. They're not going we'll to close all. any right. branches. Right. There will be staffing changes. We don't know what all of them are yet, but we do know that there will be a new president. Um, it's Pat Sullivan, who currently is in charge of the commercial industrial market for Massachusetts. And um, this all occurs the second quarter of 2019? Do exact, I remember that correctly? Exactly, exactly. So everybody's asking, how is this going to affect all the donations that Belmont has received from Belmont Savings Bank? I think that's the big question that well, a lot Belmont, of people are saying. Belmont Savings sponsors virtually everything. The, Seems uh, that way, doesn't it? The, uh, they really are. The They've high been school very theater generous. and the, the races, the Sharfman race, yes. the uh, Becca Pizzi race. Yes. So the good news is that the Belmont Savings Bank Foundation will still remain independent. And they give about a million dollars a year to local causes in, in Belmont and surrounding uh, areas. So I think you know we'll still see generosity coming from the bank. Um, the only other th question that people are asking is how else is it going to affect customers? And in fact, the spokesperson for Belmont Savings assured me that it's going to make things better for customers. It's going to improve what's available to them, and it's going to even add more uh, digital services like mobile banking and, and things like that. And it will become one of the largest banks in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, the acquisition, the eighth largest bank, I think I, I saw. I did see that, too. You're right. You're right. Okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, trains. People oh are, there's always, it seems like bad news about the commuter rails, but we had an, an accident. Uh, an accident, which luckily nobody was hurt. A wheel fell off um, one of the Fitchburg line trains that was coming from Boston. It derailed on the Belmont Waltham line. And there were 800 people on that train. 800 passengers were affected. But not only were those passengers affected, the, pass uh, the commuters that were waiting at the Waverly stop to go into Boston were affected. They had over an hour delay. And it, how, it took a while to get that thing off the tracks and, and how fixed. Did, how did this happen? Uh, do do well, cars think, get inspected on a daily basis? Well, this is this thing. Joe Aiello, who was appointed by the governor to oversee 
the improvements for the whole transit system is assuring commuters that we are working on this, you'll continue to see improvements, we are investing money, all the trains will be inspected. Keolis, the company that oversees the mechanics of the trains, said we are inspecting all the wheels on the trains. We're going to take this one out of service, the one that derailed. So we can just hope that that's what they're doing, and, and safety is the number one thing, I think. So thankfully, no, no injuries, but a lot of delays. Right. And on a cold I could, day, people were waiting outside for more than an hour. It was a pretty cold day. And I can just imagine the crane lifting the, the car that was disabled off right, the track right. uh, so other trains could go through. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't get photos. I couldn't get close enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is uh, an annual fundraiser that is coming up. Actually, it's already started. The, the Gifts of Hope uh, uh, fundraiser, but there's yes. a telethon coming up too. Yes. G Gifts of Hope is a campaign that the, the Belmont Citizen Herald has been doing for years since before my time. and we give to the Belmont Food Pantry. And the way we do that is every week between Thanksgiving and New Year's, we run news stories about the food pantry, pleading with readers to give to the pantry. They raise about $35,000 a year through this campaign. But not only from donations that readers give, Belmont businesses give. And there's uh, two fundraisers coming up that I just want to highlight in addition okay. to our telethon. Our telethon is, is coming up December 2nd here at the Belmont Media Center. People are welcome to drop by and drop off their donations. And we have a fundraiser that Belmont Car Wash is doing December 8th, donating a dollar per car to the pantry. And then December 10th, several local Belmont Center businesses are giving 10% of their sales to the pantry. So supporting local businesses and supporting the food pantry. People should, yep, people should shop local on December 10th because they'll support both. That's great, thank you. Yeah. We've been speaking with Joanna Juvelis, the multimedia journalist with the Belmont Citizen Herald. You can read about these stories and more uh, on the, in the Citizen Herald, both online and in the print edition. Before moving on to speak with Franklin Tucker about a disturbing set of graffiti that appeared at the Chenery Middle School, let's end our conversation about the Gifts of Hope Telethon by noting Mary Westcott Tomagen's efforts at the Westcott Mercantile to participate in that fundraising effort for the food pantry. My name is Mary Westcott Tomagen, and this is Lynn Samansky. We uh, are the owners of Westcott Mercantile, which has two locations in Belmont, uh, one in Belmont Center and one in Cushing Square, which you may know. Um, the Cushing Square one has been around a little bit longer, five years. This store has been around two. Uh, we have put together a really fun campaign for the holidays. We really work hard to market and do fun things for the community. That's one of the reasons we got into this business is because we love the community and it's amazing to see what small businesses can do for the community. So what we've come up with is, and we hope you will join us, we have our vintage Santa here and his North Pole mailbox. And we're hoping you come by with your children if you uh, are, would like to participate and you can put a letter into our North Pole box and we will ensure that it gets to Santa in a timely manner. And at the same time, we ask that you uh, are able to give us a small monetary donation for the Belmont Food Pantry. The Food Pantry will be moving, so they ask that food donations are not accepted right now. So we hope that you can find it in your pocket, even if it's just loose pocket change. Any denomination is welcome. 
and we will be collecting that at the same time as the letters, and your child will have a yummy candy cane. Uh, so we'll be doing this from uh, Saturday, November 24th through December 20th, and it will be at both locations. We have a mailbox at both locations. We are open seven days a week. Um, this will be part of the Gifts of Hope. And on December 10th, there is a Gifts of Hope campaign that the small businesses here will be participating in. So we hope to see you at the shopping event on the December 10th, where both of my stores will be giving a portion of the proceeds to the food pantry as part of the Gifts of Hope campaign. Welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian. I have with me today Franklin Tucker, who is the editor and publisher of the Belmontonian Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news. Thanks for stopping over. Oh, thank you. There was some disturbing news that came out of the Chenery Middle School this week. Uh, unfortunately, uh, what happened is, is um, two weeks ago, it was two weeks ago on Wednesday, um, a, uh, a homophobic and very racist um, a slur was uh, in a very uh, like a like a like a magic marker uh, placed onto a bathroom wall and on a bathroom mirror. I mean, it's strikingly large, and uh, it really caused a lot of concern over at the uh, Chenery. And um, this was done by a middle school student. Yes, they believe it was done by a middle school student. It was during the time that uh, that only students were in, in the building. They still have not found the person who did it. But what, they, but what happened is that the leadership at the Chenery, led by Mike McAllister, uh, uh, the um, principal there for, um, at, the, at the Chenery, he decided that um, something had to be done. You couldn't cover this up. He really wanted the students to get involved. And, and, and so he set up a, uh, uh, on Wednesday before Thanksgiving, he basically said, well, I want 17 minutes of your time for every teacher. And they went through what was called um, Not in Our Town. And that is something that was uh, de developed at Billings, Montana, um, where you know you could say something. If, if something is said by somebody, you either can be quiet, which is being, you know, um, which is effectively, you know, giving the, that person who did a racist or a, a homophobic or any kind of hate speech uh, the, uh, the stage. And, but, or you can say, Not in Our Town. Just be forceful about it and take on anybody who does that. So it almost seems as though Mike McAllister, the principal, had it right. It's not as important to identify the individual as it is to develop a systemic response. That's right. And they did a great job. Um, and apparently it was a, 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 the, the students and, and the parents um, uh, really responded to what happened. Um, what was basically, uh, they, he basically had the, the students, you know, go through um, uh, a series of prompts, basically, you know, informing the students what happened, talk about what, how they felt about it, and how that, the people who were targeted, how they would feel about it, and then go on to saying, what would you say to this person? And a lot of the kids just said, why would you do it? Why? And, and, and he said they, didn't, they had three prompts and, and, uh, for, for a response. How does that make you feel? What does the victim feel like? And what would you want to say to that person? And what they did is they, they said it in, 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 in um, uh, 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 pieces of paper and uh, cardboard pace, pieces of paper, wrote their responses, put it up all across the hallway, and especially in the bathroom where, where this occurred. And it basically was a way of just, you know, informing everybody, this is how we feel. And it's really a cathartic uh, way of, yes. of, of, of not only finding somebody who, who had done, done this, but for the school itself. And did the parents have a role? 
uh, parents, or did the, the parents, school reach out to the parents? Uh, they did reach out just to say what the incident was, but it really was a... Uh, um, uh, something that the uh, school had done um, with, with the, the kids. with the kids and with the staff, and that's right. And the staff has ba basically been uh, um, has been uh, trying to uh, been preparing for something like this for two years. Um, they had um, they've been thinking about something how they would do it. And as as Mr. McAllister told me, he said two years ago we couldn't have done this, but through our but through our, our cultural proficiency. Uh, bringing cultural proficiency into the school, you know, uh, they now have a response to it, and it's what, what is called mark the moment. You know, if somebody says something horrible, you stop the class and you and you respond to it, or you circle back and you say, you know, last week I heard you say something, or you know, yes. why don't we talk about that? And and he said, now we have that opportunity where we can uh, do it. He and and he said it really worked well this time, but he okay. said, but he also said this is a short term. This is very short term. It might happen again. A, a great uh, example is is at Reading High School, where you're seeing um, a person over the last eight weeks, one person basically putting swastikas over all, all over the high school. And even though they've been doing the same response, it's still happening. But you either can say nothing or you can continue to be vigilant. Well, and that seems to be part of the news coming out of this is that the uh, folks at the Chenery had a response. That's they, right. They knew what they were going to do if and when something like that uh, happened. They weren't caught flat-footed. That's right. They were ready and, um, you know, they still had to think about it, formulate a plan, but they knew that, that they had the structure waiting for them to uh, go forward. Well, hopefully we don't have to do it again, but uh, it's uh, nice to know that they're ready. That's right. We've been speaking, thanks for uh, uh, bringing us up to date on mm -hmm. that. Uh, we've been speaking with Franklin Tucker, who is the editor and publisher of the Belmontonian, Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news. Smart meters for water service are coming to Belmont residents' homes. Smart meters provide Belmont residents with detailed usage information and the ability to access their water meters through their cell telephones. Joanna Juvelis talks with Mark Mancuso, DPW Water Division Manager, about what smart meters mean for Belmont residents. Hi, I'm Mark Mancuso. I'm the Water Division Manager of the Town of Belmont. I'm here to talk about the new smart meter program. So, currently, everyone has this type of reader on their water meter and a person drives around and picks up a radio read of your consumption. The new meters look like this, and they'll t communicate with the electric meter and have real-time consumption data for you to see and conserve water as you see fit. So currently, you get a quarterly bill. So if there's uh, excessive consumption, we don't know until you get your bill, with the new ones, they'll have real-time data to examine how you're using the water and if there's a problem with a leaky toilet or a hose outside that's stripping you don't know about, you'll know about it on the same day and be able to respond to that issue. The way that you're going to be notified of your consumption is there will be a free app available for your mobile device. You can set parameters of your consumption and be notified when your uh, 
consumption goes over your limit. We will also be notified of that in, in the case that we are notified, we'll notify you and in the event that you're unable to shut your water off, well, we can do that for you as well. The, the device is real time and you'll be able to see your consumption, whether it's on the phone or on your computer at your leisure. The exchange from this to this will take about 15 minutes, give or take. We'll shut the water off, remove the original meter and put the new ones in. There are about 10,000 meter locations that will be changing all the meters to this type in about 18 months. That's our plan. The program's gonna start in January. We have a third party installer. He will notify you by letter and supply a dedicated phone number so you can make an appointment when it's convenient. Here's the Belmont Media Center's Jane Peters to tell us about what there is to do in the upcoming week in the town of Belmont. Hi everybody, this is your community calendar for next week. Learn about Hanukkah's traditions and festivities at the Beach Street Center on Tuesday at 5.15. Join Rabbi Avi and members of the Teen Club from the Center for Jewish Life of Arlington, Belmont, who will share more about the holiday and why it is celebrated. Belmont Center hosts Midnight Madness on Tuesday from 6 to midnight. Local stores will keep their doors open with refreshments and special discounts until the stroke of midnight. Look around various town center businesses and restaurant websites and scope out the deals available. The Belmont Historical Society invites you to their holiday open house in the Claffin Room at the library on Wednesday from 7 to 8.30. Historic artifacts will be available for viewing and historic house plaques will be presented. Look back on American musical heritage in honor of Pearl Harbor Day through the sounds of a saxophone quartet on Friday, December 7th at the Beach Street Center as part of Powers Music School's Neighborhood Concert Series. Focusing on American classics, jazz standards, and patriotic tunes, the Jamaica Plain Saxophone Quartet will present an afternoon of memorable favorites old and new at 1.15. The Belmont Gallery of Art is hosting its small works show and sale this weekend and next only. You can visit for a festive holiday reception on Friday from 6 to 9 p.m. and browse small works of art available for purchase. Special guests this weekend only are artists of Indigo Fire Pottery Studio. Donate $25 to the Foundation for Belmont Education and the FBE will send a star award to your honored teacher or staff member with your name and a personal message. This is a great opportunity to tell the people who enrich the lives of your children just how much they are appreciated. You can also send a friend award to a community member. Deadline to place your award order is Friday the 14th. Learn more and submit at fbe-belmont.org star. And that's all for this week. You can have your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar by emailing your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org. For the first time in years, the Belmont Marauders defeated the Watertown Raiders in the traditional Thanksgiving Day football game. Franklin Tucker gives us the details. Lucas Tragos filmed and edited the clip. Football by Lewis Jenkins. I take the snap from the center, fake to the right, fade back. I've got protection. 
I've got a receiver downfield. What the hell is this? Is this a football? Is it a shoe? A man's brown leather Oxford. A cousin to the football, maybe. The same skin, but not the same. A thing made from the earth, not the air. I realize this is a world where everything is possible, and I understand also that one, one often has to make do with what one has. I've eaten pancakes, for instance, with the clear corn syrup on them because there were no maple syrup and they weren't very good. Well, anyway, this is different. My man downfield is waving his arms. One has certain responsibilities. One has to make choices. This isn't right. It's not going to be thrown. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Belmont Journal. Thank you for watching. I'm your host, Roger Colton. I'll see you again next time.